Hello, welcome to another episode of the Past the Compassion podcast. My name is Jamie Wetmore and I'm here with Allison Bortone. And we are so excited to be here with you today. Today we're going to be talking about processed foods, what that means, if it's healthy for you, and also the impact on the environment of processed foods. Nice. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a great holiday and hopefully you had some time to rest and recharge just in time for the second round of December. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fun updates for us, Jamie? Nothing too fun and exciting. I did go to Trader Joe's recently and I got some new products that I'm excited about. First, I got, they have like a vegan feta now and it's like the block and the brine. And I had some, it was so good. I put it in pasta and it tastes like feta. I It's not as tangy, but I feel like that's really hard to recreate. Mm-hmm. But it was good. The only complaint I have is it's so fucking hard to open the box. Yeah. I still haven't <laughs> opened it successfully by myself. Every single time I've used it, I've had someone else open it for me. But other than that, it's amazing. And yeah, I've had it in salads, on pasta. It's really good. And then I also got the oat nog instead of eggnog, which I'm really Ooh. happy about because... Eggnog is something I've always, like, wanted to like. Yeah. But every time I used to try it, I'd be like, why am I drinking? Yeah, it's a lot. Even when I worked at Starbucks, they'd be like, oh, we have eggnog back for, like, the eggnog lattes. And I'm like, yeah. And then I drink it. And I'm like, what? So That's exactly <laughs> how I used to feel, too. Like, my family would go crazy. Like, the, the younger cousins usually would be like oh yeah. my god eggnog and I'd be like yeah it's so good and then have a sip be like ah oh, it's kind of not but <laughs> it's like the group thing it's like yeah well, agree that exactly. it's good, but like is it um so yeah that oat nog is good I haven't had tried it by itself but I do put it in my iced coffee and it feels festive oh that's mm-hmm. interesting yeah that's a nice way to like cut it if you don't like the really heavy flavor yeah, I'm, like, I guess I should try it by myself. Maybe I'll make, like, a cocktail with it or something. I think that's, like, also a big draw of eggnog. I don't yeah. really understand the origin of eggs and cocktails, but it's a pretty common thing. Well, yeah, not I common. Yeah, it's, like, a texture thing or, like, a creaminess. Yeah. I know that in, yeah. like, some drinks, the egg whites are used to make it seem bubbly or, like, thicker. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, personally, yeah. wasn't a fan when I had one one time. Yeah, even someone told me once you're supposed to put, like, egg whites and whiskey sour or something like that. And I'm like... Oh, yeah. Ew. No. I loved whiskey sours when I was younger, and I, I also heard that, like, later in life. But I don't... Like, wait, was I drinking egg whites, or...? I don't think so. I feel like if you get, like, a if you're at, like, a fancy cocktail bar, that's what you get. But I feel like if you go to mm-hmm. any, like, normal bar... They're just doing whiskey and sour mix. I really can't envision yeah, them exactly. like having a thing of eggs that they whisk mm-hmm. per drink, especially when it's busy. Like no one has time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a bartender, how do you feel about the whole like mojitos are annoying to make thing? Oh my god, they're... here's the thing with mojitos: they're not that bad if I have all the ingredients ready and nearby. But the thing yeah. about it is. I normally, they're ordered so infrequently that when someone does order them, I have to go downstairs and get mint out of the dessert fridge. Yeah. And I have to, like, find the simple syrup, and I have to, like, the limes and the rum, they're fine. 
The modeling is kind of annoying when it's busy just because it's an extra step. Yeah. We squeeze the lime juice and muddle the sugar with mm-hmm. the mint. So it's like just two extra steps in the process. But personally, I have more patience for making drinks when I like the drink. And I like mojitos, so I'm like never mad about it. When yeah. someone orders something that's like annoying and something I don't like to drink, I'm like, <laughs> why though? It's not even good. You're not yeah. even like this. <laughs> that makes sense. So that's my take. How I used you to be feel confused you- by the mojito thing because, but I guess you make a good point. The bar that I worked at, mojito was always on the specialty menu. They mm-hmm. always had like a blueberry one or something like that. So the ingredients were always ready. Um, mm-hmm. but I get that for sure. Or like if people order them at like a dive bar, then the bartender's like, we don't, you need to like check where you're at. That's funny. Yeah. Read the room for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there's this place nearby us. It's called Rustic Cafe. It's fantastic. It's like this cute, really, really tiny bar in the middle of nowhere. And they specialize in like pickle stuff. So like when you go there for the first time, you get a free pickleback shot. Mm which is so cool. And then they sell shirts that say, I got my pickle bag, Rustic Cafe. (laughs) And they have a whole list of like different pickle martinis, like regular pickle martini, spicy pickle martini, dirty pickle martini. Like there's like Mm -hmm. five of them and they come with a pickle sphere, which is adorable. And one night I really wanted one, but it was busy. But like, I'm, I'm so undecided. I drink something different every single time I go out. Like if you're unsure, get me a Prosecco, but like, yeah I, just never, I go I literally pull up in the car and I'm like whoever I'm with I'm like what am I gonna drink today <laughs> yeah um and I love it variety this is the spice of life but I ordered this pickle martini and this bartender was so pissed and I felt so bad and I think I tipped her like ten dollars because I just felt <laughs> bad but I really I really wanted it like anything else I'm like that doesn't sound that hard though no, but the face she made, I just felt bad. Yeah. Pickleback shots are good. I I feel like in recent mm-hmm. years, my friends have been ordering those more at bars when you're like, we want shots, but like, we don't want vodka or tequila. What are we, what's like a good, just like a good shot that you can not need a chaser for. But that made me think of a funny uh, story when I was in Boston with Julia, mm-hmm. her old roommate was visiting with some friends. We went out to a mm-hmm. bar and everyone was like, oh, like, let's get pickleback shots. And I was like, uh, like, I'm not really feeling that well. Like, I think I want a different shot. So I'm, like, scanning the menu. And I was like, oh, green tea shot. Perfect. So I, <laughs> order, I order the green tea shot and, like, take it. And I'm like, oh, that was so good. Because I was like, I don't want whiskey. I'm like, I'm mm. not in the mood for whiskey. And then yeah. I, like, ordered a green tea shot, took it, all this. And then <laughs> someone was like, wait, isn't a green tea shot whiskey and I was like wait is it (laughs) yeah it is so I'm like talking this big game about not wanting whiskey and then be like oh that green tea shot was perfect (laughs) literally that's so funny but it doesn't taste like it just yeah Sprite I guess that's the difference like it goes down easier but I was like it settles in your stomach the same so yeah it is funny I love pickleback I just feel like it's nice to have a chaser. Yeah. Because it is it's just a pickle juice chaser. And I prefer that way more than Coke. 
it feels like the act of taking another shot is like I don't know it just like feels more restorative to my throat that like wants to die <laughs> mm-hmm. um oh I miss it it's been no, a while now I want to go out how long's the drive between us right now? Maybe like three hours. You're we're in New Hampshire, are you? Oh, Allie's in New Hampshire, by the way, y'all. Yeah, another little jump yeah. in the location. <laughs> um, I'm in Nashua. Oh, like from the office. Is wow. that where the office is? No, the office is in Scranton, Pennsylvania. But um, Holly Flax, Michael's love, moves oh. to Nashua. And oh. it's so long just it's like an eight hour distance, so they have to break up. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say I don't remember the office being based in Nashville. No, that's where Holly moves. That's so Aww. funny. Yeah, that's where I am. Wow. We should see if there's a Dunder Mifflin there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're like, okay. I go on the home. Um, any other updates, Allie? Any news? Any foods you tried recently that you like? Two cool things, I guess, this week. <laughs> One was my new job had a holiday party, and it was at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. Have you ever been? Mm-hmm. It seemed like it would be so up your alley. I had never been either, surprisingly. I feel like I just assume that I've been to most museums or like galleries in Boston because of growing up nearby and like going on field trips or just like my mom or family taking me there but I've never been to this one and this is the one that is that had a a heist that is mm-hmm. one of like the biggest or or the biggest heist of a gallery or museum like in history I think um, I saw a documentary about that actually yeah that you see that yeah it came out recently on Netflix there's like a series walking through like everything that happened and it's still unsolved so it's really fascinating and the yeah I would recommend I didn't actually finish that like series but we watched the first few episodes and it was it was cool because people basically these two guys posed as like police officers Mm -hmm. and there was a guard there they just like convinced him that they were police and then the rest ensued but in the actual museum there's just two like big empty spaces in one of the rooms which is like the main art that got stolen and Mm -hmm. we we were cracking up because we like went through the whole thing and then didn't take any pictures then we got to that and we're like snapping a million pictures of it we're like I can't believe we just went through this whole thing and we're taking pictures of empty frames but that's the coolest thing in there (laughs) yeah I mean it's like notorious yeah, so, so your was- party was there? Did they rent out, like, the whole mm-hmm. museum? And they let you eat food and stuff? Yeah, so there was, like, a separate um, area downstairs that had rooms with um, tables and, like, standing tables, food, and an open bar. And then mm-hmm. the gallery, um, there's, like, a little garden kind of on the first level that you could walk around. Mm-hmm. They had, like, a little jazz band playing. And you could have drinks and food there, but then if you went upstairs to see the actual art, you couldn't bring anything up there. But it was, it was like really well spaced out, and all the activities kind of like flowed easily into the other. So it was, it was really well done. Nice. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it was fun. That 
that's the best, that's the main fun thing. And then I also went to Whole Foods, and I've never I'd never done this before, but I did the order ahead through Amazon and like pick up, and it was like the most efficient way I've ever done groceries ever. Which, really? Yeah. It kind of sucks though because I don't Whole Foods is so expensive. Yeah. So I it, I wouldn't want it to like become a habit, but it was nice for the situation because I was actually going to text you the night before it was super late and I desperately wanted an egg sandwich which Mm -hmm. was my favorite thing in the world before I stopped eating eggs Mm -hmm. and I was literally about to text you and be like you know what I'm done with this like I'm eating eggs again tomorrow and forever because I can't live without egg sandwiches anymore so I looked on Whole Foods and um actually I should clarify that I I was gonna send you that text at like 9 p.m. and then I went to sleep and then I woke up at two in the morning and I went on Whole Foods and I was like what do they have for me tomorrow morning and I ordered a hundred dollars worth of groceries at three in the morning from Whole Foods including like a bunch of just egg like they have these like egg folds Mm -hmm. um like pre-made egg little egg things that I think Mm -hmm. is what Cafe Nero uses in their breakfast sandwich Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I ordered a hundred dollars worth of groceries to be picked up at 8 a.m the next day and I picked them up I went home I made myself my egg sandwich and yay it was the most amazing thing I love that so funny I'm glad you got your fix Mm -hmm. that's so funny that you were gonna text me like frantically I was and and I like calmed myself down down. it's like it's gonna be okay (laughs) well you can also eat whatever you want I mean it doesn't Mm-hmm. matter we talked about this so many times it's like if you really crave something like that's probably what your body needs in that moment anyway I know or you know you just it's good to live life satisfied 100% I think my struggle is always that it's like such a slippery slope for me that I don't know um, I want to know like what to think after that because I, I don't want to like get back into it but like if I did yeah. it once then I would just do it I don't really know. I don't know. There's, like, a lot of reasons that I was just, like, eh, I'll just, like, see the next best option, and it worked out. But, yeah, if I couldn't have found that, I don't know, I probably would have caved and maybe gotten one. That's okay. Yeah. But I'm glad you found something at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you have any, do you have any veg news or anything? Anything exciting and plant-based world-related? Um, I did see that Cardi B is launching a, an alcohol-infused whipped cream product that is dairy-free. Interesting. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. going on there. Tell me yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know, like, her reasoning for it. I just saw a tweet that was, like, um, you know, something about having your treat without, like, the bubbly stomach. <laughs> that makes sense yeah especially like I wonder with performers too like they're probably they probably have to be careful on like days that they're going out and doing their thing or like have a photo shoot because they're like I don't want my stomach or body to act up when I have all this stuff to do so I imagine it's maybe we'll get more context if she has like an interview about it I didn't look into it but I imagine it's Mm -hmm. something like that where she's like I just don't love always eating like lactose yeah that makes sense and especially what we talked about before where it's like 
60 to 70 percent of the world is lactose intolerant so that is cool yeah it's a good point yeah wow very cool and i wonder what like the alcohol infused thing is like i can just because it's cardi yeah. i can think her being like put it on your nipple and have someone lick it off yeah <laughs> yeah like there's gotta be something like that going on yeah it's like why whipped cream you know i feel like it's not even that big of a product these days yeah that's so funny <laughs> oh it's like meant to be like for festive season too i think that's cool i love that listen i'll take any product from a celebrity that's not makeup <laughs> yeah right this is like it says it's 10 percent alcohol by volume i don't think that's a lot i think that's like wine yeah like, that's interesting to me i guess i would have expected less than less than wine but anyways yeah let's try it next time we hang out <laughs> yeah i wonder where you can get it like if it's something you have to order or yeah I don't know. you buy it at the store um i have a couple of like fun news things first of all spotify rap just came out we got ours mm-hmm. for our podcast <gasps> what did it say what, like, it said we have um we're like I want to give, like, stats, because, like, what if we get really big and famous, and then later we just sound really lame, being like, oh my god, five people listen to us more than (laughs) anyone else, but, um, we just can't thank you enough for your support, you guys are amazing, and also, the, like, regular Spotify rap for individuals, there was an audio aura component to it, and mm-hmm. my favorite podcaster, well, one of my favorite podcasters, Mystic Michaela, who does the aura readings and spirituality stuff, she teamed up with Spotify to do that. And I'm so blown away by that because, like, my boyfriend sent it to me and he was like, look at my audio aura. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, think I, I had no idea that they were related. I was like, oh, that's cool that Spotify did this. Like, what's your color? Like, based off your music preference. But no, she literally teamed up with them. And I was like, that's so fascinating. Because when I got mine, I was like, this doesn't really sound like me. But then she like did like kind of a breakdown of everything. And my tastes, I think, were like bold and confident. And I'm not like a very bold person <laughs> if I'm defining myself. But she was like, said that like people who are like blue or really empaths have to like listen to bold music to like cleanse away the energy of other people that they absorb and I was like that makes so much sense now because at first I was like I don't have like a really like like a red aura or someone who's like really like authoritative but I was like that makes so much sense because it's like cleansing and it's Mm -hmm. like being your own person because sometimes you can absorb other people's energy so I thought that was cool big shout out to her and then also my one of my other favorite podcasts actually they were my podcast of the year side note from asap science they just did an episode on veganism and like vegetarianism and they talked about so many things that we've talked about which i found really cool i actually sent them an e- like an email before we got on stop i was gonna tell you that you should <laughs> no i did i was like love you thanks for the work you do by the way i gave them a spiel about our podcast and i was like we did a wine episode here it is because at the end they started yeah. talking about wine and they were like um oh something about like cows are the ones that stomp the grapes or something. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and i was like i don't think that's right but i was like 
it, it was like their clothing. They were like getting silly. And I was like, I am sending them our wine episode because I feel like that's one of I our love best. That. I hope you yeah. get back. I know. I was like, if you ever want to do anything in food sustainability, let me know, please. I'll help. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that, like, so. that and the Mystic Michaela thing, like, that actually blew me away because you sent that to our group message, and I, to that point, it didn't register for me because I had seen a bunch of people post it, and then I think I separately saw, like, Mystic Michaela post it, and I didn't put two and two together, but then I'm like, this this podcaster that Jamie has been listening to forever and also that we talk about all the time is doing a Spotify wrapped collaboration. Like the entire yeah. world that listens to Spotify knows her because of this. That blows my mind because that just really like shows how quickly someone can be like a worldwide known person or sensation. That's crazy to me. Like random people from high school and college are reposting her like her collaboration mm-hmm. on their stories and I'm like whoa that is that's it's amazing it's and so the first cool. thought I had was like okay well now I'm definitely never getting my reading like <laughs> yeah oh because yeah. I already like signed up for the waitlist but they were like hi we have a waitlist and it's full and I was like mm-hmm. okay but now I'm like whatever wait it's- when the waitlist is full <laughs> Yeah, or something, the email was like, we have a, I don't know, it was confusing, but, um, anyway, but I also, they didn't credit her, though, which I'm, like, kind of annoyed about, because I want her to get the publicity. Oh, well, that's a big difference. They didn't credit her. The only reason I found out about it was because she was posting, she was like, I was so happy to work with Spotify, and even if she, even if Spotify posted something on their Instagram or whatever, like, reposted what she posted, not everyone follows Spotify and Instagram. Like, you have to yeah. tell that. You know what I mean? Give credit. And I also saw something on Instagram, too, that said um, this girl in 2019 was, like, an intern and made up the Spotify wrapped mm-hmm. concept, and she never gets credit. Or I don't think she even got paid for it, which is also annoying. I saw which, that, too, and it, it's, like, such a fascinating concept because yeah. part of me was, like, okay, I need to be, like vigilant here and and try to figure out if this is just like clickbait or actually like it is as serious as they're saying and then I looked at her like presentation screenshot that she posted being like where it's at now Mm -hmm. and what she was suggesting and like what she was suggesting is exactly what they do now so it it is really fascinating like it, it opens that conversation of like when you do work for a company even as an intern like you really do kind of sell all your intellectual property to them yeah. sell like not that you're paid for it really but like you basically yeah. sign away all of your IP and that is a really like really important conversation especially with interns who are typically unpaid which is like they have these like really really new fresh smart talent giving them these amazing ideas and then these people just go off into the world and they never get credit for these like multi-million dollar companies taking like their idea yeah like everyone posted it so many people have been posting it and it's mm-hmm. just like interesting i don't think it like really impacts spotify's bottom line i don't think people get spotify just to have their year interview and i'm sure apple podcast does something yeah. similar but i'm just like wow it's crazy Anywho, so those are my things. Yeah. Oh, and then, blessing on the Side Note podcast, they were talking about it, and they were like, this really hit home for me, because they were like, 
being vegetarian is more of a passive choice, whereas being a vegan is an active choice. Um, because, like, there's sneaky ingredients. Like, when you're vegetarian, it's pretty straightforward. Like, you know if meat's in something or not. Whereas, when something's vegan, like, you have to look at every ingredient. Because, for example, like, you would think bread would be vegan, but some types of breads put, like, milk or other types of dairy in there. Like, milk powder, even. So, you have to be, like, really vigilant and, like, always 100%. look at more. When you're vegetarian, you can be, like, passive and not really trying that hard. Like, it's not that difficult of a lifestyle choice. And they, they're vegetarian themselves, and they were talking about how they would be vegan, but it's just harder. And when they're home, they yeah. eat mostly plant-based. But it's, it's like, when you go out to eat is when it, like, comes up, and you realize how hard it is to Because you don't want to be at the restaurant being like, hey, is this and this? What do you fry your fries in? Does it, like... Do you fry the wings in there, too? Like, some people are really particular about it when they're vegan. And even, like, honey, things like that. It's seriously exhausting. Like, it truly is. And that's such a smart... Like, that's such a succinct way to put it. It really is such an active effort every single day. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. Love them. Highly recommend them to anyone. Um... Yeah, so I don't cool. wait that. Shout out to yeah. all of the podcasters. Hey, um, yeah, I know it's amazing. Anyway, let's move into processed foods. So I just I wanted to do this episode because I have so many questions. Because I, Allie has mentioned to me in passing a couple of times about like the impact of processed food and how like when you're eating something that's healthy, if it's processed, it might not be as healthy as it would be in like its whole food form. And one of the examples that comes to mind is, like, the veggie pasta, like, spinach pasta or chickpea pasta. And, like, how much of those nutrients get lost in the process and that sort of thing. So I guess my question is, like, what... I guess we could start with a definition of what a processed food is and then go into, like, is it healthier or not? How does it impact nutritional content? That sort of thing. Yeah. No, it's such, a, it's such an important conversation. I have, like, so many questions, too. Mm-hmm. And I think the veggie pasta is like a good example because I think it plays into the whole, um, we've talked about this before, I believe, but Michael Pollan has a book called In Defense of Food, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it talks all about how like nutrition labeling and nutrition like claims kind of really started as a marketing effort. It wasn't actually to like, promote healthy eating it was more to be able to sell products on just like claims basically and I Mm -hmm. think that whole this whole movement towards like veggie pasta and like fruit and nut bars it is that same type of effort to be like five servings of vegetables but you're still getting people to buy like a mac and cheese box Mm -hmm. so it is important to like talk about like okay they're claiming that this has like two servings of vegetables, but what does that actually mean? Is that true? Or yeah. is it just an empty claim? Yeah. So I I, what are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts, I don't, I just wonder, like, is it as good for you? I also think about, like, V8s and juices, and they typically are, like, servings of vegetables, serving of, X amount of servings of fruits and vegetables. And I'm like, is it, really the same thing like is your body getting all the same nutrients 
Yeah, I think smoothies and like fruit juices is a good example too because I think that's one of the first times I I first like it clicked for me the difference was Mm -hmm. when I finally looked up a YouTube video explaining why smoothies are different than eating the fruit itself. Mm -hmm. Like why does blending them up, how does that actually change like the chemical substance and like how it reacts with your body and the whole point with smoothies is that when you're grinding up your fruits, you're getting rid of the fiber or your, 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 your body is not like processing the fiber the same way. And fiber Mm -hmm. is what helps the fruit like slow release. So like Mm -hmm. an apple is suggested as like a post-lunch snack, for example, because like the slow release of the sugars helps you like maintain energy. Whereas if you were to just like drink that fruit, all of that sugar is going into your bloodstream right away. Yeah. So that's like a small like example of the difference between like the pure form of a food and a processed food and that, yes, it's the same substance, but like even changing its form can have a drastically different effect on like what it actually does in your body. Yeah. So any form of processing is like a really significant thing to consider. Yeah. It's just really interesting to me because like you put an apple and a banana in a blender and the fiber just like gets like what happens to it, right? Because the skin is still in, because most of the fiber comes from the skin of foods. Um, I guess not bananas because we don't eat the skins, but like, you know what I mean? Like most fruits and vegetables, the fiber comes from the skin but it's still in there, but it's just processed. So does it like break down the fiber in a certain way or does it, is it still there? Or does it just like magically disappear? I don't know if you know the answers to these questions, but these are just the ones, like the thoughts that like run through my head. And I also remember when juicing became really popular a couple of years ago um, and people made it seem like it was even healthier than smoothies. But I think when you juice it, you lose well, whatever fiber was left if I'm not mistaken, Uh and I bought into it for a while, and I was like, wow, juice is so healthy, but then I'm like, wait a second, like, this is worse, not worse, but, like, not as nutritional as a smoothie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that is kind of, I think that is, like, actually the truth there is it is really a spectrum of, like, whole food would be the apple, next best would be the smoothie and like next best would be the juice but that is weird because it does depend mm-hmm. on like your personal needs but it also is like funny to see that juices are like such a crazy fad in the health world to think like oh what this thing that is marketed as like this amazing like nutritious food and cleanser is actually not as good as we think it is yeah Exactly. And I think a lot of it comes down to marketing as well, right? Like, so much of food is these companies trying to play it up as, oh, it's so good for you. It's got tons of fruit and fiber and nutrients Mm -hmm. and it's healthy. But, like, it's just so you buy the product. It's not so you get your health, your nutritional needs. Yeah. And I think that's the case with a lot of processed foods as well. Um, I guess, like, how would you define a processed food? Um, great question. I think where I think of it these days, 
based on primarily, again, he always comes up, but like Michael Greger, the book that I uh, always talk about, How Not to Die, he always talks about like a processed food is basically like any food that has changed from its original state. And I, Mm -hmm. I was reading a little bit earlier today and a lot of other people kind of go with that same definition where it's like, even if it was like, even if something's like frozen, dehydrated, like ground up, like that's a form of processing, even if you're not adding any like other ingredients or, you know, something like something like a junk food that we see as like the most processed form. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to get to that point for it to still be considered a quote processed food. So a processed food is like anything that undergoes a process that changes it from its original form. But working with that definition, like if I cut up potatoes and I bake them for 45 minutes, does that make them then a processed food? (laughs) That's such a good question. Because they're going under the process of like being baked. I think technically under that definition, yeah, just because I'm remembering that there was also a lot of discussion about how like cooking foods also changes their like chemical form and like can Mm -hmm. introduce other like I know with meat I know that's a little different but I know with meat like cooking at really high temperatures can be like really bad and I think it releases more like free radicals Mm -hmm. so I think it is the same with even like fruits and vegetables which is like that's what I think that's why there's like raw vegans that's a whole different conversation but I think that outlook is like food should be eaten just like as it as it comes basically Mm -hmm. but yeah I don't know like the health implications of every different form of processing yeah no totally I just know you've like studied some of this so I'm just curious like what your information is that you have in your noggin and I don't know I'm just always so curious because like going with the potato example again like So if the potato has, like, nutrition facts, right, like, it has X amount of fiber and vitamins, and then you cook it, like, does it lose those? Because I'm assuming the nutrition facts for a potato are, like, a raw potato. But then if you... But first of all, no one eats a raw potato. So no one's really getting that full nutrition content. And then at the same time, like, how does it change? I know you don't have the answer to that, like, off the top of your head, but I always just wonder, like, how how much um, nutrition and vitamins and minerals and fiber and all of that we get compared to what we think we're getting just because of the way. Yeah. It's even, even if you're just cooking it, like how that impacts it. I know it's fascinating. I, I have the same curiosities, but like also while you were talking that reminded me or like what I just said is kind of contradicted by another fact I just remembered which was talked about in that book was like a lot of different ways that you can activate like the good components of certain vegetables or fruits. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like if you soak it in a specific thing or if you like cut it or cook it a certain way. So like there are ways of processing or like dealing with a food that's actually like makes it better for you. And I think one of the examples I think was with broccoli where you're supposed to cut it mm-hmm. before cooking it. Like if you were to, to just boil the whole like thing of broccoli, that's different than if you were to cut it first. 
And something about like the pressure of the cutting releases like one of the nutrients or like good components that you wouldn't otherwise release if you didn't cut it, which is such a weird, like specific thing. But I was like, what, how am I ever going to like know all of those little like caveats of food? Yeah. Like each vegetable, but that gives me some peace of mind because I know that it at least works both ways in some cases. Right. Like, cause I'm worried that like, uh, every time you pro- like put a food through a process, it like goes, it loses some type of nutritional value. But if it looks like what you're saying mm-hmm. is that it can gain some in some cases, and yeah, cutting is a process too. I never even would have put that together, but it it is. It changes it from its original shape. Yeah, I'm trying to find. So, like, just to give more context of that example, it says. The main active ingredient in broccoli is thought to be sulforaphane, which may protect our brains, protect our eyesight, protect our bodies against free radicals, boost our detoxification enzymes, and help prevent and treat cancer. And then it says, there is a strategy to get the benefits of raw in cooked form. And raw broccoli, the sulforaphane precursor called glucorphanin, mixes with the enzyme myrosinase when you chew or chop it if given enough time such as when sitting in your upper stomach waiting to get digested sulforaphane is born i think the simplest way to explain it is that cutting the broccoli releases the the chemical that provides us all these great benefits but if you just cook it it's not going to release that enzyme and therefore you're not going to get the the good benefits Mm -hmm. um But that's, like, crazy thing that no one would ever know unless they read that, like, very specific, like, study or book. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, like, what's the hard and fast rule? I think that everybody's always kind of looking for that, and that's the tough thing with with something like this. Yeah. Totally. And there's obviously a line, right, between, like, a processed broccoli and a processed, like, a hyper-processed food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, like, I couldn't even think of one single thing that is natural that goes into a trick spar aside from, like, cocoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even then, it's so processed to get from cocoa to chocolate. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that then, like, getting past our, our curiosities about, like, healthier foods. What about the very obvious types of processed foods, like candy bars or like soda um Mm -hmm. or like chips you know what are the what are the implications of those Mm -hmm. like something like soda I feel we've learned in in like the past few years of just like how bad it truly is because it is literally just like sugar and chemicals and syrup Mm -hmm. That is like a very that that's very like high on the spectrum of super processed food. It just yeah. has like zero nutritional value. Yeah, exactly. And some foods, yeah, exactly. And I feel like I think we talked about this. We talked about this at one point where like if um like this an unhealthy diet, I think is descri- defined as like high amounts of processed food, sweetened beverages, and there was one other thing, but it's, like, 
soda is so fundamental to like a a diet that is categorized as unhealthy or a poor diet, I yeah. think is the official terminology. But it's it's so prevalent in everything. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm like wondering because you've studied this. I don't, I truly know nothing about processed foods. I just wanted to do this episode as a way to like get a more detailed understanding just off of what you're you've learned and what you're familiar with. But is there anything about processed foods that you found really noteworthy or like want to share? Yeah, yeah. A really good. Um, I feel like the best takeaway that I took from learning about them is a framework to like look at processed foods to have like a healthy relationship with them is that don't not feeling the pressure to like always always eat the naturalist form of foods I think like in our society that that's really hard unless you're cooking every single thing at home and like grocery shopping like yeah four times a month which but is unrealistic the, for many people the thing that like 100 percent Especially, like, people working so many hours, and then you have to grab, like, quick dinner, you have kids. But Mm -hmm. um, the thing that that stuck with me was the recommendation that, like, okay, if you eat pizza with veggies on top, that's Mm -hmm. not as good for you as just eating the vegetables in a salad or, like, you know, without, Mm -hmm. like, the cheese and and like the fried food but yeah if the alternative is that you're not gonna eat any vegetables and you're just gonna eat pizza or like a different fried food then 100% have your pizza with vegetables like if you need a certain type of process or like not as good for you food that's going to get you to get those nutrients in then 100% have it it's way mm-hmm. better than just skipping them all together. So that framework can be applied to like the smoothie. Like if you don't like apples, but you'll put them in your smoothie, do it. If you, you know, you don't like berries, but you'll have them in your cereal, do it. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was like the best lesson that I learned that just like gives a healthy way to look at it. That's like, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to like never eat anything that comes out of a box, but like, if you do, yeah, like in moderation or like as a way to get in other important nutrients into your diet. That's a really good point because, again, I was so unsure about processed foods. They were just have always been a big question mark in my mind. And I'm like, okay, if having like these processed vegetables, which like if you're getting a pizza from a pizzeria or somewhere, you don't know if they cooked them fresh or if they got like shipped off a truck and then were like defrosted. And then put on the pizza. You know what I mean? And I think part of it is that, like, I don't really know where my food is coming from or how it's made. So I was like, okay, well, if the, these foods are processed, if I want a veggie pizza, but the vegetables are processed, is it still as beneficial? Or should I just, like, fully satisfy that craving and just get a cheese pizza instead? Mm. But that's, like, really eye-opening to be like, no, if that's the only way you're going to get your vegetables, like, do it. Yeah. Because there was a part of me that's like, okay, if I'm going to, like, have, like, if I consider pizza, like, a a cheap food, which is, like, not the best way to think about food in general, but for this example, then it's like, okay, yeah, sure, like, I I will get the veggie pizza if that's going to help me get more nutrients. And I guess it's, like, 
even if they're not like perfectly raw vegetables, which is like the most purest form of the nutrition content that you can get from them, it's still better than nothing, right? And it's still nutrients you wouldn't get otherwise. So it is important to try to bring those in to your diet as much as possible. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think like it comes into play a lot for people who are trying to make healthy lifestyle choices because there's like that all or nothing mindset where you're guilting Mm -hmm. yourself for like eating a pizza at all but like adding veggies to it would be a big step um rather than just like giving up or like if you know you're not if you know you're not a salad like eating person or you just don't enjoy them then it's better to like find other ways to incorporate them than to just like skip it all together and just like stay where you're at if you if you're not feeling well or like if you have health issues going on so yeah I think that's like a helpful framework to look at it but ultimately yeah like processed foods are not great like they lose a ton of their natural nutrients and their good properties from all the processing they can get to a point where there's not really any nutrients at all and that's why things are enriched and that's Mm -hmm. not the same as that's not the same as the real thing like there's so many studies also in that book that talk about like you know very controlled studies looking at a group of people who had um, like a certain type of berry for a certain amount of weeks in their like Mm -hmm. diet every day versus people who took a pill that claims to have like the same amount of that of that vegetable or that fruit Mm -hmm. and every single time the people who ate the real fruit saw the actual results and sometimes the people who took the pill form saw no results at all so yeah wow that is the big marketing scam with those yeah that's true because when it's fortified it like changes the whole dynamic but if you look on the box it presents the same so it's really hard to distinguish Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, like the the thing in isolation is not the same as like its natural form with all of the different components that are like working together to to actually activate that thing in your body. It's just Mm -hmm. not the same if you're just like crushing it to a powder. Sometimes it is, but usually it's not. Interesting. Wow. That's helpful. Good to know. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, Allie, thank you so much for all the information. That was really helpful and kind of cleared some of my misunderstandings about processed food and how what it like means health-wise yeah great topic to dive into I'd love to do some more deep research into questions that you have questions that our listeners have questions that I have and like really really get into the meat of that yeah no totally well, do you want to share with us some of the environmental implications of processed foods? I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there as well. Yeah, totally. So I read this BBC article called The Truth About Processed Foods Environmental Impact, and it was really insightful and just shows that like every question that we have about food kind of tends to go into a gray area because in some instances it's not so good for the environment but in some instances it can even be better for the environment than like natural whole foods depending on what the outcome of those foods would have been if they weren't processed so yeah let me just dive into some facts so unprocessed locally sourced foods such as whole fruits and vegetables have a relatively low carbon footprint 
And researchers also found that minimally processed vegetarian foods are also among the lowest environmental impact for processed foods. So buying minimally processed food like dried fruit, sliced or frozen vegetables, and pre-cooked rice may actually result in fewer emissions than buying unprocessed foods of this nature and then adding the step in at home. And that's because when you process it at home and adds in an extra step that, well, this processing takes care of all of it for you is where if it wasn't processed you would do the step yourself at home but that's interesting yeah but it's because you're more likely to expend energy doing these processes yourself compared to the streamlined processes of a factory oh so if you think about it like let's say a hundred thousand people buy pre-cooked rice like the microwave packets Mm mm-hmm each person lighting a burner in their home and boiling that rice has a higher environmental, environmental impact than when they do it all together at a factory and then package it. Mm. Which is That's really, interesting. Right? Um, would it be like, this is like a weird small detail, but would it be rice that's pre-cooked and then you microwave it or rice that's pre-cooked and then you boil it? No, it's the pre-cooked. I think it's like the minute ready rice that you would microwave. Gotcha. That makes um, sense. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I guess, like, the microwave is probably minimal, especially if you're doing it for 90 seconds. Yeah. Um, compared to, like, I, I know, bo- I'm, I personally have never boiled rice because I know it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always just have, my entire existence, I've used the pre-made rice. Yeah, so. I, like, got put onto those at your house. <laughs> They're so easy. Yeah. I'll always boil pasta, but, like, the rice... And then the other day, my mom bought, like, pre-boiled pasta, which I was like, hmm. That's but, interesting. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It comes in the bag, and you, like, open it halfway, and then you microwave it for a minute and a half. Was it and good? It's ready. She likes it. I it, They only have penne, so I wouldn't like it. <laughs> That's what I pictured when you were describing it. Yeah, it's, like, penne and then, like, the twirly noodles, which I haven't tried those, but I'm just, like. Oh, I miss eating at your house. I'm just picturing the huge, like, Tupperwares of pasta that your mom had. And for, like, a week, I just would add different things to it each night. (laughs) Pesto, cheese, sauce. Veggies. The other day, my mom was like, you know, you can add vegetables to pasta, right? I was like, (laughs) you think I don't know this? (laughs) That's so funny. Like, you've seen me do that. But okay, I was like, sometimes I just want, like, rice, I mean, sorry, pasta, and my plant-based butter, and a little salt. Yeah, exactly. Just, to just like, like food. yeah, to fill the carb craving. Anywho, so, um, furthermore, <laughs> the sustainability of a food depends on how much energy goes into processing, storing, preserving, and refrigerating it, and how much waste. So that's, like, the total footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically it's the type of ingredient rather than the number of ingredients or whether it's processed or not that drives the environmental impact of a food. So this comes into play a lot with it's like, is it a processed vegetable product or is it a processed meat product or a combination of the two? Um, so ultra processed foods, which are made mostly from substances extracted from foods have mostly low impact ingredients. And this includes like fats and other preservatives that are used to store food for longer. Um, 
And processed foods broadly look pretty sustainable, but that's more indicative of their ingredients as opposed to the processing itself, right? And I feel like a lot of processed foods are typically mostly plant-based. I mean, there's definitely processed meats for sure, but when I think processed food, I think like canned vegetables and things of that nature or like pastas or rice. Um, I remember I have this like vivid memory. I had this friend, we made like a buffalo chicken dip in middle school and she was like, the recipe calls for canned chicken. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. We're all freaking out. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah, it's like canned dried chicken. I mean, people know about canned tuna, but I feel like the most of the processed foods that like stay in the cupboard for a long time are like have a plant base if it's not entirely plant based. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but there's an exception to this, and it's ultra-processed foods containing palm and soy oils have substantial negative environmental impacts, not just because of the, like, palm oil industry and the soy industry, although the soy thing is up for debate because I know most of the soy, soy production is harmful for the environment, but it's, I think it's like 70% of soy production goes to feed livestock and, ag- like, agriculture, or, mm. sorry, not agriculture, but, like, livestock, and then they this article talked about how the one ingredient that does matter regarding processed foods is meat and ultra processed foods have a low environmental impact if they contain no or small amounts of animal sourced ingredients. In addition to just like what the food that's being processed, another factor to consider too is packaging. Um, Ultra processed foods typically have a lot more packaging, although this article said it doesn't contribute very much to emissions. And in fact, ultra processed foods can also contribute to reducing emissions. And this is because it reduces the amount of food waste. And this is because these types of foods can stay in our cupboards and on our shelves longer. Whereas fresh foods and whole foods typically have a much shorter shelf life. And one study found that waste from processed fruits and vegetables is around 14% lower than that of fresh ones. And waste of processed seafood is 8% lower than that of fresh seafood. Um, So it's important to consider the emissions of these foods. Although um, raw fruits and vegetables tend to typically have fairly low emissions in the first place because they take less energy to produce and are less resource intensive. But the thing about ultra-processed foods is that they can help us make use of food that would otherwise be wasted, which counteracts potential environmental impacts from processing and packaging. So like things to consider here, refrigeration requires a frick ton of energy which comes with larger amounts of emissions and that is one drawback from eating fresh foods because they do require so much refrigeration and refrigeration is such an energy intensive process and of course any type of processing adds additional energy and manufacturing steps into our food system and as a result create more environmental impact but if we process food and it's shelf stable and you don't have to refrigerate it that often is better environmentally um, and there's also been an influx recent in recent years of companies that make snacks and drinks using food that would otherwise be lost as a result of supermarket regulations regarding a produce's appearance. So like ugly carrots and apples, they can like make baby food or soups or other things out of those. And even if they don't hit the like supermarket criteria for what it's supposed to look like or the size or the shape, um, it can be used otherwise. So that also reduces food waste. And that like reminds me of like the imperfect foods like how so many different 
companies now are trying to make the most out of these vegetables because not all vegetables, like bananas don't always look like bananas. Sometimes they look like a little wonky and they can like maximize that and turn it into something that can be used instead of just throwing it away and discarding it because it doesn't fit like the blueprint of what that specific fruit or vegetable is supposed to look like. Also, there's a lot of processed meat products that do the same exact thing, but their carbon footprint is still higher because compared to fruit and vegetable processed foods because just of the initial footprint of meat production. And even though meat has like a higher environmental impact before it arrives on our plates, like through the production, um, how we consume the food we get matters to us. So it's like the, I feel like one of the main goals of this article was to maximize like or emphasize like food waste is bad anything we waste is just wasted energy wasted resources and that as a result is terrible for the environment so research suggests that the unhealthiest foods have the highest environmental impact solely for the fact that when we eat ultra processed foods their ingredients trick us into not filling us up and we can eat more and more and more of it and we see this with a lot of times with like salt fats sugars like we eat more because it's like subtly addictive and then that causes us to eat more and then the more food that we eat obviously correlates into more emissions so ultra processed foods that have this tactic of like not filling us up so that we in fact eat more and buy more of these products leads to more emissions and they did a study and they found that subjects who eat an ultra processed diet for two weeks eat an average of 500 calories more a day than those who were eating a diet consisting of unprocessed food which is so fast. I mean, 500 calories, that's like 25% more of like the standard mm-hmm. 2,000-calorie diet. Daily, too. Yeah, daily. Um, and that, of course, contributes to, one, unhealthiness in humans and all the health issues related with that, especially considering what might go into processed foods. And also, it's worse for the environment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that reminds me of... Uh fact it was actually on my exam yesterday Mm -hmm. and it was uh basically this concept about like evolutionarily we expect like our bodies kind of like know how to process and like examine food when it comes into our body but all of the fake chemicals and like ultra processed foods as you said Mm -hmm. like they literally trick our bodies so they our bodies don't understand what we're eating and and so it does lead to that like complete overconsumption so mm-hmm. it's really interesting to like tie that in environmentally to just like solely eating more even if it's not like you don't notice you're eating like more quantity just like if you're eating more processed foods mm-hmm. in a day that's yeah. inherently just like not as good for the environment yeah, yeah, and it says if you eat 500 calories more a day, that's, like, what, 25% of what, like, the standard diet is. But then if you look at it from an environmental perspective, you're eating, and also, like, a consumption perspective, you're eating 25% more food. Yeah. Right? Is that, like, the statistic? Um, so that, in turn, like, has more emissions associated with it. And, like, 25% is a lot. That's more than most people tip their servers at restaurants. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just really fast. I didn't even know that person. I get. I could have assumed so, but just from personal experience. But 
it's just crazy to see that they do a study and it happens to everyone. Like, it's not about self-control. It's just literally these foods don't register in our uh, biological systems as being X amount of calories that they are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like, it's interesting that you might not be necessarily, like, eating more than you normally do. Like, you're not extra full or anything, just like if Mm -hmm. you chose like frozen fries over like a potato Mm -hmm. then you're probably eating more calories just because it's processed and has like oils and whatever else added to it yeah that's interesting that's a really good point because like yeah fries and a potato you think they're the same thing like they both come from a potato but with the additives and everything else it can truly make a huge difference Mm-hmm. And that's why you can't just eat one fry or one chip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> so let me see what else I have for environmental impacts of processed foods. Oh, they did a study and they found that although minimally processed food often has a lower carbon footprint than a homemade meal, they found that home cooking was lower carbon emissions than a more highly processed ready meal. Um, and this is because the food chain of a home cooked meal typically involves less manufacturing, refrigerated storage, and waste than one which has undergone major processing, like commercial cooking. So for that, I'm thinking of like lean cuisines and those microwave-type meals. That's like the first example that jumps into my mind because, yes, it's like a processed food, and it's ready to eat. Like, you don't have to do anything. You can just throw it in the microwave or throw it on the stove, and that's it. And it doesn't really, like, cut any... How do I explain this? It doesn't really, like, cut out any of the, like, energy costs. You know, you still have to refrigerate it from point A to B. Since Ever since it gets processed, it still has to be refrigerated. And you have to do that, especially with, like, animal products, right? A lot of those cannot just be... Some of them can be have preservatives added to them, and they can be, like, have an extended shelf life. But if you're doing, like, a processed, ready-to-eat meal, typically those do have to be refrigerated or frozen, So basically, like, the jury is out. (laughs) Um, Like, it might be healthier to, like, opt out for a salad. But if having, like, chips in the cupboard helps you reduce food waste or eating plant-based burgers allows you to cut down on your meat intake, then processed food might actually be contributing to lowering your carbon footprint. Like, sometimes the factory processes are greener than a farm. And I think that can tie into some economic principles, right? Like, if you've ever take an econ 101 or you learn about economies of scale you learn that like the amount that these companies produce they do it so efficiently that there's no room for error and because of that that's how they're able to keep their prices so low is because they're so efficient and they every single kilowatt of electricity they use or like any type of energy they use for cooking is used as efficiently as possible because it impacts their bottom line yeah so yeah that's all I have what wow that's so interesting I don't know that that made me just think of so many things like yeah. one I don't usually think of the difference in environmental impact between like if I blended oats at home versus if I bought the refrigerated oat milk versus if I bought the shelf oat milk so like I don't know I'm just thinking now much more broadly about environmental impact in that sense and then yeah like something it's almost like there's this perfect middle ground of products where like if you have frozen dinner 
on the one hand and then the rice on the other there's like or maybe not rice on the other but like the example you gave is like that perfect middle ground food where it's like it's still like a whole food and it hasn't been like changed chemically but now it's just like pre-cooked rice and you can stick it in the microwave versus like a frozen dinner that has like really processed meats and then like I don't know I'm thinking of the uh the the blue the blue container one that we had as kids that's like oh kid cuisine yeah (laughs) yes I used to love those I would always call them tv dinners because I would eat them which is so American now that I think about it (laughs) (laughs) like you just put it in the microwave and then you sit in front of the tv and you eat your like cute little pre-made processed dinner (laughs) the literal concept of like a tv anywhere near the kitchen I feel like is or anywhere near like where someone eats is yeah like foreign in a lot of other places but to us it's like oh yeah like tv in front of the dinner (laughs) just like any other night (laughs) I know like I would literally we'd be in the grocery store and be like mom can we get tv dinners (laughs) (laughs) yeah my dad used to get those for us too and um I remember liking them a lot, but I remember the corn was always watery. I don't know why. Yeah, that's no, you're right. Number. You're right. And I feel like the chicken was always, like, not totally cooked. <laughs> like, yeah. you'd get through it and you'd be like, mm, parts of this are cold. <laughs> yeah, I think I got to a point where I only liked the pudding with the, like, sprinkles in it. <laughs> oh, my God, the sprinkles. I forgot yeah. about the sprinkles. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm thinking of that as, like, an example of something that, is you know maybe you're like like I I don't think it's enough to blanket statement be like anything that like goes in the microwave is more sustainable it's like it depends on what it is like that type of dinner I can see if you have to make all those different like like the pudding and the sprinkles that are like Mm -hmm. colored and whatever is in the chicken fingers and all like the preservatives that is when it starts to be like okay that's probably not a sustainable food compared to like making some of that at home but that is it's really there's like a you have to get like really granular to understand yeah and it's 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 this article made me realize like it's so not black and white and I feel like in some instances with these types of issues it is but for processed food it like the processing it can be beneficial environmentally and just for convenience mm-hmm. you know like are you gonna sit there and like shuck a corn cob or are you gonna like use the canned corn yeah even just like time as well as a resource which it doesn't really contribute to environmental calculations but at the same time it is something that's like worth considering as well yeah and I just thought of this because I just got back from the grocery store Mm -hmm. um, that our conversations really have affected my decisions in the grocery store and they help when I'm like trying to decide between a million products I'm like okay what is like something that is a limiting factor here and Mm -hmm. so I saw I was choosing coffee and there was so many I was super overwhelmed I didn't want to get Starbucks Mm -hmm. because I wanted to try something new and I just like finally noticed this one at the top that was like locally sourced like from like New Hampshire Mm -hmm. um and I was like you know what I'm getting that one like that makes me feel better Mm -hmm. support a local farm it didn't travel that far to get to this Hannaford Mm -hmm. um so like yeah these conversations have really been making me reconsider a lot of like normal habits that I have 
Oh my god, totally. Every single time we like get on here and talk, I like change my perspective a little bit. And I'm so that's why I'm so glad that we have this podcast because it it like keeps keeps opening my eyes even wider. Mm-hmm. To like what's true, what's not true, and what's more of a gray area. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I learned a lot. I found it interesting. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing you. those facts. That was really interesting. I definitely think there's a lot more to unpack there, too, in future talks. Totally, totally. And, yeah, at the end of the article, too, they said, like, it's really, like, the assessment of these types of foods doesn't incorporate all stages of processing and packaging and distribution. There's a lack of research when examining the environmental impact of foods, right? But the yeah. whole point was that it's, like, truly like the most the biggest impact is the ingredients that you choose to eat and typically if you have ones that are like fruits and vegetable based processed foods and especially if they're minimally processed generally that's what's better for the environment if we can like get an answer out of this but like aside from that it's pretty much like convoluted yeah life stays interesting (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if anything, we're just trying to keep grocery shopping entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Thoughts to think about while you're there. Totally. Anything else you have before we wrap it up? I think we should acknowledge and celebrate that Allie has officially finished her nutrition certification course. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it was a year, a year long uh, endeavor and I finished last night and I'm now a cert, well, I have a certification for holistic nutrition. So hit me up. I'm going to start a counseling (laughs) service at some point, but uh, we'll see when that happens. Yay. Oh my God. So proud of you. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm really excited. Yay. DM Ali and say congratulations. <laughs> but through our podcast Instagram, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool beans. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you learned something. And if not, we hope you enjoyed the journey anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a great uh, day and life, everybody. <laughs> next time <laughs> yeah thank you for listening love you love you bye bye